Hello and welcome to Think Fit, Be Fit podcast. My name is Jennifer Schwartz. I'm the hostess and creator of this podcast where we are dedicated to effective thinking for potent exercise. Today's episode is an important one. It's one that I've been thinking a lot about, and it's also why I do not trust 99% of trainers, coaches, um, and people in the fitness industry in general. This isn't a rant about integrity or... Um, It is a conversation, it's commentary, and it's self-reflection on the problems of fitness education and that it's broken. It's very limited, uh, even as far as higher education, all the way down to certifications. Uh, The whole entire system is broken. And I really believe uh, this is an important time to reflect on these things as we see so many structures of power and governance changing, falling. I want to help the community and help our audience be in a place where we communicate and educate without judgment, but in feedback and sharing our knowledge. So before we get into that episode, this episode, um, I am bringing back Ben Dragovan into the conversation. He was on the podcast on the 15th of June, 2020, and we had a fabulous conversation about his niche in high-performance training. But first, our exciting announcements for the podcast are we have a brand new website, a Instagram page, as well as a Facebook page. We are in the middle of growing the audience, um, so please go and check us out both on Facebook and Instagram at ThinkFitBeFitPodcast, and you'll see the lovely cover of me and my barbell on um, the profile picture. Next up is the newsletter. This is exciting. I um, really want to help you guys dive deeper with us and us meaning there are some new hosts and shows coming up and I'm not ready to share the details of those but they are extremely exciting. Okay, so to sign up to the newsletter, you will have to go to thinkfitbefitpodcast.com and just click sign up here. We will be offering a unique newsletter, unique opportunities to engage with us and the research that we're using and the references uh, that are all of our guests are talking about. And it's very exciting. So in general, this is like the number one reason why you want to sign up is that we offer a unique view on muscles and a portal to new ways of respecting the body, respecting health. 
And this is also more than enjoying the process, which is really a buzzy term. We take learning seriously and we want to take our listeners on that journey with us and through us, which is um, a great way to introduce this episode because there is a lot of self-reflection that I'm sharing in today's episode, which is why I subtitled it A Lab of Me, which is me demonstrating the process of unfolding inner and outer layers of my belief systems. And this is important if you are on a journey to improve your exercise from the inside out. And that's the bottom line. That's what we're here to do. If you're listening to this podcast, my assumption is that you don't accept basic exercise instruction for you and that your body needs like definitions of what it is that is good for you, what your body can tolerate, and what is going to help you improve the most. And the human body is full of unknowns and full of variances and nuances and you understand that so that's why you're here because we're exploring this together with like this cool intersection of expertise and exercise mechanics movement science embracing curiosity being humble and experimenting okay before i keep on blabbering here is a small conversation between Ben Dragovan and I on learning and what knowledge really is and what it what it um, what it means to us and how we can help people and this is like the foundation of how we can help people realize that every time we exercise we are investing in our life we are investing in our joints in our tissues the things that move us the things that protect us and all the things that come with it like immune responses gene transcriptions Um, neurological processes. See, I will continue to go on. All right, here's Ben and I from the June recording. Yeah, there's some huge potential coming down the line, so I'm really excited. I I feel like there's a you know, there's a paradigm shift that's already been happening. And then that was a paradigm shift within that paradigm shift. You know, there's further exploration into what's going on. You know, I think the initial paradigm shift uh, got people's brains working in another way. It's like, holy cow, we're okay. Wait a minute. There's other things to think about here. And then maybe some people are like, okay, but stop there. Now we use this way. But it's like, no, okay. There's another paradigm shift. It's just further developing. And, and, and I think you and I are part of a community. Um, within that community that want to keep going and look more and more and be open-minded to uh, adapting to the new information, Mm -hmm. which I think, you know, you have to be a special type of person to do that. You have to have a special mindset to be willing and open and vulnerable enough to do that type of stuff. 
uh, and to be, you know, explore, okay, I'm not right in what I was thinking before um, because I'm, I've now been exposed to new information. It's like, oh, okay, and you can, you can change things a little bit. Um, it, it just adds layers to stuff, that, uh, layers of opportunity to things, which is mm. really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, thanks for saying that. And I will gladly accept that compliment. And uh-huh. I, think that new paradigm shift is moving towards enabling people to self-lead and giving them tools versus um, showing them something really fantastic and showing them that the body does have this really cool innate system inside of it. But then like, I think that dividing line is like, one group of people is going to give you access to it and just show you. And then the other group of people is going to show you how to access it. And that, that's a big difference because then you create accountability uh, and self-control of situations for whoever you're working with. To, hey, you have the power to actually grasp this issue and work on it yourself. If you understand this, you know, I think there's certain modalities or certain things that people, um, apply out there in their practices that are very shock and awe and um how do i be delicate um manipulative Manipulative no that's right it's i think it's right yeah uh or can twist everything around to fit their own thought process Mm -hmm. um take any bit of information and and create a rabbit hole of uh, connecting dots to told you so that's pseudoscience there's that's all it is yeah Yeah, so you're you're going out to prove something that's the opposite of science yes 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 because when you're in science you're going out to disprove and question and when you're in pseudoscience you're going to say how was i right Okay, yes. now how do I build on that and create a whatever? Um, so, you know, yeah, who's looking for ways to poke holes and who is looking for ways to just validate and, you know. Um, but, I mean, uh, on the other end of that, like, if you're validating some really positive things, you're also creating a nice little tribe and community and maybe breeding people for extra – curricular thinking i don't know could go uh, it depends on what you're you're breeding and how tainted it's become <laughs> by uh whatever your motivations are uh financial or otherwise uh or just just the 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 search for confirmation in anything that you believe in and your relentless search that i'm right versus being okay with being not right in a certain situation and being open-minded to learning because I have I have someone who's not in our community, but mm-hmm. kind of pokes around in it a little bit and, you know, made some claims about muscle hypertrophy and how muscles can grow using a certain machine and kept sending me these articles on it, articles on it. And anybody with half a brain could poke holes in all their quote unquote research, mm. you know, you know, these people's vertical jump got better over uh, a nine week period using this machine. I go, okay, did it get better because of the machine or just because they worked on their vertical jump for nine weeks and now they're better at the skill of doing something like you, yeah. you're not, there's no control variables. You're not, it's not real. 
Yeah. And it's okay because you can't control the human body all that much. It's always adapting. Every time you do something to it, it's changing. That makes me think of the FMS, right? Yeah. Like it is so. Um, it's a, pro- a made-up protocol. Okay for, yeah, I think it's okay for me to talk about this down in South Florida. Yeah. They basically train the draft combine athletes just to pass the FMS. They have a whole section of time mm-hmm. in their like 10, 12 week uh, stint down there for training for the combine, right? Dedicated to passing the FMS because at the combine, they use the FMS. Got to pass that standardized test. Got to, sp- yes. And it is, ugh, God, I'm just when I, when I was in Major League Soccer, I had to do that. <laughs> Yeah, and they made. But the the scary thing is what they do with that information, because the inferences that they make with okay, you're tight in your hip flexors and you're weak in your shoulders, and the things you choose to do to fix that, uh, and you're you're telling a uh, obsessive compulsive athlete, which all of them are, I was, uh, <laughs> because you had to be. Yeah, uh, you go full bore on stretching the living s out of your hip flexors and then loading them up as much as you can even though you've now just neurologically compromised them there's no reason or there's no i mean uh no there's there's research no no, but there's no there's no mystery as to why i have torn labrums in my hips and i had you know lumbar issues after doing you know psycho workouts and i mean that's but it's still something you go off of and it's 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 the misconception of what even that tightness sensation is in the first place yeah oh i could i really am building up a lot of um steam for just dedicating one whole episode to the fms and like um doing some car hard hard cold hard stabbing not poking holes. So that's very biased because it, it has taken a little bit too much of my brain space. And now it's just re-entered it with these conversations I've been having. Um, but, I mean, what, what if you took that information and data they created from it and, and, and then, then shifted your viewpoint on why those things are the case? Mm. So you, you, I have my tight hip flexors and I have my weak shoulders or whatever that it was. And then you just shift your, 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 your thought process on what to do about it. That could be actually somewhat valuable potentially, mm-hmm. but we're still I, stuck. We're still stuck in a zone of um, how we attack those quote, quote unquote problems. Right. Yeah, no, we, we definitely are. Um, which is a great place to kind of start. And I guess what I meant when I said that was start the conversation. Um, But, you know, what these episodes and recordings are doing for me is keeping an ongoing conversation about, you know, how to change the fitness industry and how to help people view exercise in a healthy way. And how is that possible when you have programs such as the FMS telling us that we have to attack this weakness and attack um, how, you know, our body essentially. And like, it's this mindset of fix me, something is wrong that 
create I don't uh, poor outcomes and just wasted time. And I, you know, I, I thought that was a good illustration and representation of that problem. Um, listening to somebody else and their experience with it, because I've not had a lot of experience with the FMS. As soon as it was introduced to me, I was extremely turned off by it because I don't believe that us in general as human movers belong in a box, belong in a type. Uh, And then, you know, I've set out through my career many years ago to like do the opposite of that, you know, show people how unique and nuanced moving and movement science actually is. So what I'm going to take this monologue time to do is to talk through some of my self-reflection, some of the uh, things that I want to be held accountable for and how I think the fitness industry needs to change. Like where, not how it's going to change, but like where are the problems in fitness education? So the first big problem is just as we mentioned, you know, putting people into a box and telling them they have failed a screen or failed this test. And first and foremost, like that is an incorrect use of a screen. In the medical community, screens are used to take asymptomatic people and run them through a sensitive and careful screening to see if there are markers of dysfunction and disease. None of the FMS has been proven to really show that this one of their movements equals poor performance or equals injury risk. So I'll back up and just give you a brief description of the FMS and then I can show you that the word screening is one of the big problems in the first place. So this system is used by coaches, trainers, and therapists, um, chiropractors as well. It is a set of seven physical tests of coordination strength, especially of quote-unquote core strength. And it was invented in 1997, and now it is used all over the world. It's a widespread screening used in athletics. And it was originally proposed as a trouble detection system, and which is why they call it a screen. So back to what a screen actually is. It is a mammogram. It's a prostate exam. It's um, a diabetes screen if it runs in your family. It is looking for markers of trouble, dysfunction in the human body, which, you know, at a certain age, mammograms are appropriate, uh, so are prostate exams, and, you know, personal and family history will go into deciding whether or not this sensitive and meaningful screen is appropriate. The problem with using a movement screen for an athlete is that 
there's nothing wrong with them. And they're honestly just looking for variations in human movement, which has no correlation to <laughs> how strong you are or how flexible or how mobile or especially how you're going to move in a multi-directional, multi-dimensional field under different pressures. So just imagine you doing a leg raise with certain parameters and then a therapist telling you that you're likely to get injured when you have very little symptoms or signs of some type of injury. That's absolutely ludicrous and the 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 research agrees. So thank goodness, but that hasn't stopped any of them. You know, that I found one um that, you know, it was a screening for lower extremity injuries in professional soccer players. It was a two-year study. They looked at hundreds of players in Dubai, I believe. I'm putting the bibliography in the show notes. And it just said, you know, the movement screen scoring, anybody who got a certain amount in this test is said to have had a high rate or high correlation to an injury, a potential injury. And as it's coming out my mouth, it sounds ridiculous. Like telling someone they're going to get injured is crazy. And then, um, you know, it didn't pan out over the two-year study that it did not have any correlations. And, um, you know, it just solidifies that this is a marketing tactic and has change that can change the way that you view your exercise and it can change the way you approach your exercise as Ben had commented. So this system is a stunning example of how to abuse marketing privileges and it is a broken part of the fitness industry and you know that it starts with education. They're giving this information to trainers, they're giving this screen to trainers to be able to screen athletes and these trainers have no idea that what they're doing to tell an athlete that they're likely to get injured. This is a huge problem. So um, I have a quote from a exercise physiologist um, and who has a master's in both exercise physiology and human performance, Anupala Chandran. His um, quote is, the validity of screens should be the highest quality since you are labeling people. And hence, we should have very solid proof that people will be better off in the long run. When someone scores less than the cutoff in the FMS, you tell them their chances of getting injured is extremely high. This is a great way to get someone to move less or have fear of movement or spend his or her time and money trying to fix it with their trainer, end quote. That's that sums it up. So this brings me to the education piece. Like, what are we doing at the top to give fitness professionals license to do things they're not supposed to be doing? And spending their energy and their client's time and their client's money pretending they know more about the human body than they actually do. Oof. This is 
uh, you know, this is for me like a huge topic and we're, you know, we're sprinkling on uh, topics that are relevant today, which is even health injustices and how we educate our communities, you know, um, how we how we have access to education. So the, you know, the, I'll go back to what I'm actually talking about, which is the, 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 the problems with the fitness industry, the things that I can pinpoint for you in the education, meaning like the lack of regulation and the lack of professionalism and how that creates trainers, you know, so the, the body has, you know, so many unknowns and there are just a lot of people pretending they know more about the body than they actually do. Uh, another problem is the massive generalization of things like back injury. And this hurts. That's a problem. Uh, finding similarities between patients and clients and then subscribing them to a working model or a prescription. That's an issue. We can also look at how the fitness industry is modeled after, quote unquote, corrective exercise in physical therapy, and that how that generalization has created a deleterious cycle of exercise being too complicated for longevity and program adhesion, and at worst, hurting people. So at best, we're just shining light on inefficient wording and semantics like core strength that actually doesn't matter that much so why are we spending our time on it when we could be doing something more useful so and at worst we are hurting people like ben had uh mentioned quickly so there are also examples in the fitness industry of bastardizing what could have been useful we also mentioned this a few minutes ago and the lack of context in marketing and teaching of exercise that one drives me nuts. So, and that results in two problems that I would say are binary thinking and it's like religious in a way. And those are unjust damnations of particular exercise and unjust glorifications of exercise. An example of an unjust damnation is the leg press and the leg extension. This has been like over... You know, the, 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 the idea that these things are bad is silly and not true. You don't know who you're talking to. You don't know their body. And it's not okay to just um, put down an exercise that you don't know the context of. So it's a lack of context again. So and then we have the unjust glorification of exercises. A deadlift is a great example of this. It is just picking up weight. It is just changing, you know, your center of mass and what muscles are going to do that work and orchestrate your body to stand up straight. It's not the best exercise. The fact that there is, there are so many headlines that say the best, the top 10 exercises is a problem like that. That's exactly what I'm talking about. So please just crumble up those magazines if you actually have magazines or, you know, get them off your iPad and your magazine app, right? So, um, you know, what 
I am trying to tell you guys is that I want to be held accountable for being a, a really high quality professional and being qualified to have an opinion, right? And in order to do that, I have to constantly unfold and remove my bias. I have to constantly question and I have to constantly seek out folks who do have an opinion, a qualified one, and talk to them and maybe even argue with them. I, I, this is, should not be controversial and this should not be even a thing, but it is so hard to be a professional in the exercise industry. You have to go so out of your way to be a professional and to question things and find a lighthouse of encouraging guidance and leadership. It's difficult to do. We think we are finding leaders, but we're actually just finding religious leaders. And as you can tell, I'm kind of over it. (laughs) So, you know, this is an opportunity for leadership in many ways. And you know, during the first part of this pandemic, my questions about my role and growing my reach focused on what if we have spent all this time getting strong and we don't have any knowledge of how to help ourselves and keep it there and protect our body and make responsible decisions. Well, now it's shifted into, you know, the and changed from this incredible um anti-racism movement, right? And it has opened my eyes. And, you know, I'm beyond, um, beyond just the management of our environment, like meaning my clients and myself, it is to make the education of fitness inclusive and diverse and not... And, and to only provide feedback and to leave judgment behind. So I believe thinking fit can be um, as personal as our own internal grounding or as big as creating a new pattern on how the public seeks out information about healthy exercise. And changing these stupid headlines of the 10 best exercises for your calves the 10 best exercises for your arms. Go the fuck away. That doesn't need to be here. And I think that thinking fit in general and creating a more inclusive place to learn and be a community is my the thing I want to step into and um, be and create. Oh, that was exciting to just say it and get it out loud. I'm a little sweaty and okay. So (laughs) let me um, gather myself here because, you know, I'm obviously excited and I'm heated. I'm emotional about this. And I just want to say here, I'm going to wrap it up and give you guys again, the, this, the, the problems of the fitness industry that we have to change. So this is how you're going to pinpoint who you're not going to work with or who you need to work with to be um, collaborative 
or maybe point them to this lovely podcast and the educators associated with it. And this is all under a, a, a thought process of fragile change of chains of reasoning. Okay, so fragile chains of reasoning in fitness education have created the problems that are keeping us from making the best decisions about our exercise and accessing the highest level of fitness. And so these are different specialties within the fitness industry. So I'm talking about little niches. So we have domain specialties we have optimists with unwarranted confidence. So think as like trainers and uh, Instagram personalities while I'm rolling these off. Definitely YouTube is going to be full of these people and maybe even your local gym. Okay, so um, we have domain specialties, optimists with unwarranted confidence. We have the binary and religious folks. We have the self-perpetuating ones. And then we have teachers. So very quickly, I'll go through and just browse your scroll feed and um, your YouTube list of trainers. And again, I'm just trying to help you shift away from unhelpful thinking and land in a place where we can get strong as a community through education and smart exercise. So we have the domain specialties. This is, um, I'm definitely guilty of this. So hold me accountable, please point your finger at me. I'm all for it. This is, this is a, you're going to, a person who confers power to studies like a fitness therapist hybrid and they show for other people's findings and set out to prove them correct. Okay. I'll take ownership of that one. Um, I've been there. And then there's the optimist with unwarranted confidence. Been here too. Uh, this would be a corrective exercise person. This would, um, I think, good example is a trainer jumping from exercise to therapist. Like I mentioned earlier with the FMS a prominent example of that, but it's really easy to go here when you see changes every day and I'm being empathetic. I promise that you see these changes every day, like your hands and your knowledge of movement changes people and changes their body and changes their mindset and their pain levels. It's so easy to fall into this. That's why we have to have professionals and leadership out there. Then we have the binary. We have the religious, okay? This is the people who are writing the list of 10 best exercises and 10 worst exercises. Um, these are people who get really snappy when you question them on Instagram or block you. This happens all the time in nutrition. This happens all the time Um uh, I'm just going to say nutrition. I don't think it happens a lot in fitness. I mean, I definitely go in people's comments and ask them for references and ask them for why do you think this way? And I get snapped back at all the time. And um, I would call these people binary and they're religious, okay? Black and white. That's an old way of doing things. And man, I really feel sorry for those folks, but I welcome you to join me and in a place of feedback and not judgment. Okay. 
And then there's a self-perpetual, self-perpetuating, self-authoring trainer. And I think this is like the pounding of the chest trainer, right? They have a, a theoretical narrative around how they achieved something. So that means you can achieve something. And we, I think this is probably 80% of the fitness industry is in this category, right? Even the, um, the, in the sports training, this is definitely, um, there too. And then we have the teachers. Okay. These are probably not your favorite people. They're not the flashy ones on Instagram. They're probably not showing you their, um, sexy squats and they are, um, probably not advertising their clothes either, right? These are the these are minimalist. We are um, teachers and relying on science rather than a base of community support or applaud. And this is kind of where I want to land. And this is where I have my best conversations are people in this category. And there's a lot in the strength and conditioning field, I would say, for teachers. And um, I... I respect this category a lot and it's not to say like a teacher also can't be self-perpetuating and a domain specialist. I think we can be all of these things and like like I honestly was um in five of those bullets I'm I I've participated and reinforced like four of those behaviors um so while being a teacher in other ways. So this isn't a, a binary one or done thing. Like you can <laughs> have different evolutions of these chains of reasoning and, you know, basically <laughs> have a, a, a career that is fragile, meaning not resilient, something that can fall apart. Uh, this means that you can have a trainer that you know, subscribes to one of these chains of reasoning and then can't help you with certain things. And at worst, they're hurting you, which happens all the time. So oh, what am I aspiring towards? You know, I want to support earnest thinking. I want to seek well-grounded individuals and like-minded in this idea that we can talk and we can discuss things about fitness and exercise science and all the gray areas. I want to be um, around information that is outside of the normal thinking of conventional thinking and I want to consider different perspectives. And I also want to find rewards for the collective, you know, find incentives that we can all enjoy. And that's hard in a self-centered, selfish, overconfident industry like fitness. So I'm that this one's a challenge, right? And I, I think it's really easy for self-incentive. Um, it's something I talk about all the time. I'm like the queen of self-care. I love the process and I love showing people all these small wins and like feeling really good in your body. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, like I need to take this bigger, right? I need the collective incentive to be part of this message for me to be uh, truly accountable and truly vulnerable and a true leader. So I will leave you, you know, with this. 
a wonderful quote and the idea about what we are investing in every time we exercise. We are investing in ourselves. We are investing in our tissues, our joints, our brain, our nervous system, our immune system. You are voting for yourself every single time you exercise. And that's either a vote for the health of these tissues, for, um, you know, helping your body thrive or it's a vote for a small win like feeling better or turning around your bad mood these are not bad things but think about what you're voting for every time you go to work out and I'm using that word vote because it's it's the root of devote and devotion and Um, I think there is no greater prize than being devoted to health and being able to conduct that with ease. So I may have made some big jumps there, um, but I'll just leave you with this quote that we can all aspire to learn and, and be part of this bigger picture and openly communicate um, and bring fitness, even highest level, most most expensive fitness to different socioeconomic levels and share these findings and share our experiences with our community so that you can think fit, be fit, and live fit, right? So we are, this is the quote from Charlie Munger, who's the vice chairman of Berkshire Hathaway and just a prolific thinker, I believe. Um, quote, we are all learning, modifying, or destroying ideas all the time. Rapid destruction of your ideas when the time is right is one of the most valuable qualities you can acquire. You must force yourself to consider arguments on the other side. End quote. Um, I am so thrilled that I got all of this off my chest (laughs) and that we have some very exciting things coming down the pipeline for Think Fit Be Fit podcast and that means a new show as well as a new website we even have membership options that are going to be coming available with some swag Mm. So if you are so in, inclined to, to help us out, please leave a review so that other people can find us and join the community. You can also um, send the website to your friends and family members who need to invest intellectually in their exercise. I'm not asking for anything except your intellectual attention at thinkfitbefitpodcast.com. And um, thank you so much for joining me on this little episode. Find us on social, thinkfitbefitpodcast on Facebook and Instagram. And I am always on the gram at impact underscore your underscore fitness. Have a lovely and prosperous week.